0: This is Family Twist, a podcast about astonishing adoption stories and finding family via DNA magic. I'm Kendall.
1: And I'm Corey. And we've been inseparable partners in life since 03, 04, 05, also known as March 4th, 2005.
0: In January 2018, our found family journey took us 3,000 miles from the San Francisco Bay Area to New England, where we now live near my biological father, two half siblings, and their families. We love being near them all, and the adventure continues.
1: Thank you for joining us again. Our guest this episode is Colleen Newhart, who has an interesting family twist for us. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Colleen.
2: Happy to be here. Thank you so much.
0: We've read a little bit um, via email about your story, but why don't you just uh, start off and tell us... uh, what you did a couple of years ago.
2: (laughs) Sure. So in uh, September 2020, I actually got some DNA results back. I did an ancestry DNA test that my husband had gotten me as a, like a joint birthday anniversary gift, because it's all in the same month in August. So um, I was really excited. I had wanted to do the test for a long time uh, because I'm I'm a historian. Kind of by trade. Uh, my undergraduate degree is in history, and I was always the family genealogist for everybody. If there was a question, they came to me. All the old photos came to me. So that was really like a very important hobby for me, a really large interest of mine. So the gift was perfect. I was very excited. I thought, you know, I had had a tree built of maybe 20,000 people already. So I thought that maybe, um, I might be able to get some new information. My great grandma on my uh, maternal side was adopted. So there was a break after her the, where I couldn't, I didn't know, you know, I knew her adopted side, but I didn't know the biological side. So I thought maybe I'd be able to figure out where she came from. So I was thinking, oh, with this test I'll get maternal information. Well, (laughs) turns out um, it was paternal information that I got. I was connected to a um, on Ancestry, it's listed as a first cousin uh, to close, fan- or close family to first cousin, and I didn't really know what that meant because um, I grew up thinking I had no cousins. So I was like, who's this person? Um, so eventually, I figured out from my mom that the person I connected to is a half brother, and that my dad, that- who raised me, and my parents are still together, they've been together for 35 years, um, the dad who raised me isn't my biological father. So wow. that was September, 2020. It's been, it'll be two years, uh, or th- three years. Wow. Time flies. It'll be Three years. Uh, not before long.
0: Right. So have you, um, well, maybe you've never sought out your half brother, but do you know who that person is now?
2: I do know who he is. Um, so the, his last name is very, very, very German, like very distinct. Like there's There's one of him in the world. Wow. (laughs) Um, So I was able to find, I sought out my um, biological father first. And we did actually get to meet uh, six months after, but we're not currently in reunion. I had sent messages. I have both a half brother and a half sister, but he's the only one that did that DNA test. Um, And they're both a few years older than me. Um, so I'm the youngest of everybody. I grew up with a sister who's three years older and they're my half siblings are even older than my sister who I grew up with. Wow. So I contacted both of them, my half brother and half sister, and I've never heard from my half brother ever. Um, my half sister originally didn't respond to like uh, snail mail or Facebook messaging, but she did actually respond to one, um, One facebook message i think that must have been at least eight months ago it's been a while nothing recent and she you know we went back and forth and it was a really nice exchange and she said you know i'd be open to keeping communication open and then just totally ghosted me so wow wow (laughs) yeah i know who they are but we don't i don't really speak to anybody currently but i spoke the most to my biological father
0: wow and uh, you mentioned to us previously via email that your f- biological father is still with his wife. Yes. That he was with at the time that yes. you were created. And yes. so do you, they
2: were friends.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: My parents and uh my biological father and his wife were friends. They lo- they lived in the same neighborhood, um, and my biological father is my sister who I grew up with, her godfather. Wow. But I didn't know him growing up because they moved away. And so I was very young when they were all, you know, friends and happy. So I didn't really know of this person. Mm-hmm. I just knew of his first name mentioned. So I couldn't tell you anything about him.
0: Right. Do you, well, maybe it's all conjecture, right? But do you wonder if maybe the distance that you that his other children are giving you is because they don't want their mother to know about you or.
2: I'm sure that's part of it. Um, when I first connected with my biological father, I had mentioned right off the bat that I wanted to talk to them. I wanted some, or at least to try to initiate contact. Of course, you know, you don't know how they're going to respond, but I told him that was something I was interested in. And from the beginning, he was saying, you know, I don't think it's really going to go well. Uh, First, he used the excuse of um, one of the grandchildren. So my half-sisters, I think it's one of the youngest children. She had twins. Um, One of the twins had some health issues at birth. And so apparently a lot of people were uprooted and moved to help uh, the youngest child, who I think is doing quite well. I don't think he needs a ton of extra. You know, there still might be some things that he needs, but I think he's pretty well established you know, a lot of people moved to help him. So he was saying, we can't can't ruin this because people have, you know, left careers, uh, left states to help this one child. Um, Yes, but then he was using, you know, the half siblings will have to pick a side, like my side or their mom's side. So this this will break up the family. Um, And to my knowledge, the wife still does not know. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. It's just, yeah, awkward and Because of the timing involved, right? Like, it's just, you know... There's
2: no way to explain. I mean, it's very clear of (laughs) what happened.
0: Exactly. And especially, I think, because they were friends, it might just add another layer of complexity. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, they... um, I found photo albums because we were moving. Uh, We moved into this house almost two years ago. So when we were going through our stuff, figuring out what are we keeping, what are we actually moving, I found my parents wedding uh, album and my biological father is in the photos and he's actually walking my uh, my my dad who raised me his mother so should have been my grandmother down the aisle the grandmother i didn't even get to meet because she passed away uh, from breast cancer before i was born wow so there's all these weird (laughs) overlapping pictures and i have cards from when my sister was baptized they um the kids so my half siblings wrote her like a little baby thing. And so I have, I have just weird, (laughs) weird, weird
1: things. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It's yeah. Go ahead, Corey. So I'm curious, just um, backing up a little bit, what was the conversation like with your birth mother and the father who raised you after you made this discovery?
2: So I originally I found the information with just my mom. I didn't know what the results meant and she was coming over randomly to drop some things off at my house. My, my dad who raised me was not there. Um, So my mom was the one, it was me and my mom who figured out together, Oh my gosh, this is what happened because she was saying she had no idea. That's a different conversation. (laughs) Um, So it was very insular. And she told me, you know, don't tell. One of the first things she told me, do not tell your dad, the dad who raised me, do not have this discussion. I think I lasted about maybe two months, three months tops. And internally, it was just the most awful experience I've ever had. You know, don't tell your dad. Don't tell your sister. Don't don't tell anybody. I mean, I told my husband within like five minutes, but right. <laughs> um, it was secrecy and then a, at three months I, I broke down with her and I was like you need to tell him I don't want to be the one to do it but if you refuse I will tell him because I can't I cannot function with this large thing hanging over me so they they had their own private discussion I was not there um and of course my dad was uh, understandably distraught but they seemed to Their strategy with all this has seemed to just push it under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen. And that's how I think they've moved through this Hmm. together with denial. Yeah, I mean, they they know it happened, but they just pretend like it didn't
1: happen. Well, let me say you've got more willpower than Kendall because I think within five (laughs) minutes he would have not only told me, but everybody. (laughs) You're
0: right. I, you know, different different scenario, but, you know, yeah, it just after having wondered for so many years for me, you know, and, and, you know, my adoptive parents were both deceased. So, you know what I mean? Like that there was no, I mean, they wouldn't have been heard. They wanted me to find my biological family, but I didn't even have to give that a thought really. Um,
1: So when you, and your the father that raised you, when you, the next time you had conversation, like it wasn't brought up, like he doesn't, hasn't talked about it with you at all or
2: we've talked about it minimally. Um, one of the things that he indicated, and I can't remember if he indicated directly to me or through my mom, um, he indicated that he didn't want to know who it was. So in my mind, I think he's already figured it out. Um, it's just, they were so close and, you know, I just, I feel like he, he might've figured it out by now, but, he indicated he didn't want to know who it was so we don't talk about who it is and we don't really talk about it much but at the beginning you know he was we were just talking about how hurt he was and how i was sorry that you know he had to go through this and i waited because i didn't want to hurt him but again i could not (laughs) i physically could not go through life without mentioning at least mentioning it once we don't have to discuss it in depth but
0: because yeah. it doesn't it was change. It too big
2: of a problem. And
0: I'm sure it doesn't change how you feel about, you know, the man who raised no. you, you know?
2: No. Yeah. So, Nothing's changed in that regard. Yeah.
1: So this is just speculation on my part, but it's interesting that, you know, they were, these two couples were so close. I mean, you know, the, the godfather of your sister and, you know, walking grandma down the aisle and then for them to not, you know, sure, I understand, you know, you move and you, you're not as close as you used to be, but to not have contact at all anymore you know, maybe seems like somebody knew something was up. Well, obviously, you know, your mother and, and your birth father knew about the affair. Um, but, right. you know, interesting. They, um,
2: my biological father mentioned that that was a large contributing factor for, for them to move, was he felt so guilty. He, he says that he didn't know that I was his biological daughter, which I can believe. Yeah. Like, that to me does make sense. Um, and they moved, um, I believe to Alabama. So I'm from Maryland originally. So there was quite a bit of distance, um, two young kids. I think since he wasn't going to initiate contact with my parents, they probably just naturally fell out, but there was definitely guilt on his part that he didn't want, you know, he wasn't really going to speak to them because he felt so crappy. Yeah. Yeah. In his words. Right. In his words.
0: Well, and your mother might've, you know, felt really weird about it too. You know, it's just, yeah, probably awkward is the best, you know, the best, uh, possibility.
1: Can you talk a little bit about what, um, your hopes were, you know, once you did made this discovery, um, got into contact with your birth father, like what, what were your hopes for like what a relationship could be?
2: So I come from very, very small family. Most of my, uh, older relatives are all deceased. My my dad who raised me, he had two siblings, and they're both passed away. They didn't have any children, either of them. My mom only has uh, one sister, and she didn't have any children. My uh, I have one remaining grandparent on my mom's side. So there's not a whole lot of people.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't
2: grow up with cousins, no cousins, hardly any grandparents. I've got basically nobody left, just like very insular. So when I got this news, I was like, oh my gosh, like I had this chance to actually have a family. Now I knew that, you know, maybe they wouldn't be as excited as me, but I thought, you know, just some, not being invited to holidays, but at least, you know, having some sort of conversation and then the idea of my daughter having cousins, um, because, uh, my half sister has three children and my half brother has two children. That was something that I just really wanted for her. Because I didn't have that experience growing up, my husband grew up with cousins. He has all these stories. I get nothing. Yeah. So I was, I was really excited. I was trying not to get like too uh, too far ahead of myself, but I saw, you know, even with minimal contact, how it might be a different experience for all of us.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. And so, and I assume he knows that he has a granddaughter, right?
2: Yes, he knows. Um, he doesn't. I don't know that he really conceptualizes that he has another grandchild or if he just ignores it. I have no clue. I haven't spoken to him in a year. Um, not for a lack of trying, but I don't know in his head how he thinks about it. But whenever we were emailing back and forth for that year period, he would always talk about his other grandkids and mine was never included in that. I mean, I sent him some photos, but then he never asked, you know, generally grandparents want to take some sort of level of interest in their, in their grandchildren. I don't even know if he knows her birthday. I don't, he of course knows nothing about her, you know, likes, dislikes, what she's into. When I met him, uh, it was just my husband and I, so he's never met her. He's only seen a few photos and (laughs) she certainly gets the short end of the stick and all that.
0: Wow. And it's so hard to know how to feel about that. Right. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm one of those people that's like, Oh, it's their loss. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. and it is obviously, it but, is. but you, you want something different for your child. You know,
2: I get more, I was very angry at the beginning. Like the first year I was angry at everybody. Mostly it was because of how they were treating her, you know, that my half siblings not wanting to contact me, whatever. But my kid is missing out with her cousins and then she's missing out with her grandparent. We just, right? you know, it's, she's just minimized. She's not really recognized. You know, he's, he said to me, you know, we all, the people that know, not his wife, we all recognize that you're the biological daughter and that that's the grandchild, but nobody acts like it. Hmm. So it's, yeah. it's just not cool.
0: It isn't. And I tell you, I get my defenses up when these kinds of, conversations happen because it's like you had no control over the situation your daughter has no you know what I mean it's just it feels so unfair there's no other word to use it's like you know
2: especially being the youngest you know everybody was doing their own thing before I was brought into it and you know it's not really my fault that you guys chose to do whatever it is that you chose to do but then again it's you know, it's okay to be embarrassed, but at the end of the day, like I exist and I exist, I exist right. from you guys. So you have to figure out what to do with that at some
1: point. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, you didn't ask for this and, you know, but right. But then again, you know, here you are, you know, and here's your daughter, you know, like, you know, this man has a granddaughter that he's never met, you know, and, and, and you know, We can certainly, like, you know, put, try to put ourselves in other people's shoes. You know, who knows what's going on in his head or the heads of, you know, other people in this, you know, similar situation. But I just can't even fathom knowing that I would have, you know, a child and a grandchild out there and not wanting to get to know them. Can't even imagine it. I know.
2: He's putting his own selfishness because he keeps saying, you know, if my wife finds out, I'll immediately get divorced. So he's putting his own you know, what's going to happen to me over, well, what about these people I helped create? You know, it's, of course I get, it's not a great situation. I would, I don't envy him if he ever does actually tell his wife, I don't envy him in that situation, but it's not my fault. No.
0: (laughs) And the, you know, you would hope logically, like they've had a lot of years. I mean, she doesn't know about it, but I'm saying if they've had a lot of good years since... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that your existence shouldn't diminish their relationship. You know, I just, um, and I'm one of those people, like, I own my stuff. And like, at some point, you know, and I can say this, because he's not my father, you know, your father needs to just be a grown up and say, I messed up. But I have this beautiful daughter and great, you know what I mean? Like, just come on. I just I cannot relate to that side of the equation, right?
1: Well, and the other thing is like, and, and again, putting you know myself into somebody else's shoes, but your half siblings, like just thinking about me and my siblings, like I don't know who we, me and my sister would be racing to the phone to see who could tell mom first, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah. like there was, that that secret would not be held.
2: <laughs> you know? And they, so it's funny how I ended up contacting them. I didn't contact them right away, but I mailed a letter to them, and it turns out I. After I mailed it, you know, same day, I emailed my biological father because at the time we were still kind of communicating via email. And I I just, I didn't ask for permission. I just said, as a heads up, I put these letters in the mail, they're getting them uh, just so you're aware. And he emailed back and said, I picked a really bad time to do that because they were going on a family vacation all together, all the kids and all that. So he, he actually told me, he told his grown kids almost in their forties, don't open these these letters until we get back. And I know that they didn't listen because um, on Ancestry, the profile of my half brother, he hadn't been active for a while because he did his test like a year or two years or before me considerably. And then around the time I mailed it, it showed up that he was active that day. So Mm -hmm. he probably told his sister like really quick and they amongst themselves were talking. And I was wondering if they were going to tell the mom, but then Later, they confirmed, well, he confirmed that the wife, to my knowledge, still does not know.
1: Wow. I mean, you know, imagine the guilt trip that he put on them. Like, well, if you tell your mother, you know, it's going to (laughs) break her heart. We're going to get divorced. It's going to be devastating to the whole family or, you know, whatever he said. But like, wow, the gall, the absolute (laughs) gall.
2: I just, I mean, they're grown adults. And it's mail from somebody that they don't even know. I mean... I changed my name when I got married. So even if they would have recognized my maiden name, they don't know who Newhart is. Like right. they don't, how would you react to if somebody said, you're going to get this letter from somebody you've never met, but don't open it for a week. I mean, what, what is yeah, that?
1: I know. I'd be like sitting by the mailbox waiting for the, <laughs> the carrier to come. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: It, yeah. People's response or reactions are so surprising sometimes, you know, but Wow.
1: I mean, it's it's interesting because now, like, what you know about this man, I'm sure this is this is you know, creating an opinion for you, like about how you feel about him or the type of person that he is, and you know, similar situation for Kendall. You know, it's been five plus years since his uh, he found out, you know, that his birth mother's still alive and he's been in contact with that side of the family, but not her. And Kendall has definitely formed a strong opinion about his birth mother, despite the fact that they've never you know, said hello to each other
2: when we were still in contact via email. He would go on and on and say, you know, I'm I'm not usually like this type of person and I, I feel so bad and I'm, I'm so sorry I put you through all this. And it's, you know, the words are they don't really mean anything because then what you did following just doesn't
1: mm-hmm.
2: they're not the same. So that stuff outweighs all the these things that you tried to apologize for.
1: Right. I mean,
2: I mentioned that we haven't spoken in about a year. The last time we spoke, I was in the hospital um, because I thought I thought I was having a heart attack. And fun fact, the new health history from him, my grandma, so his mother, died of an aortic aneurysm. Oh, and I also had preeclampsia. That's all cardiac right. related. Right. Right. Um, so I'm freaking out, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna die!" So I go to the hospital. It turned out to be. Um, Oh, I can't even remember costochondritis It's inflammation around the heart hmm. that mimics the pain of a heart attack, but it's not a heart attack. So oh. I checked out, but I, I checked out. Okay. But I emailed him just to mention it. And it took him three weeks to get back to me when I was in the freaking hospital.
1: Oh, yeah. Colleen. wow. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know, earlier this season, we had some of the wonderful women from High Hope and Healing on for a two-part episode. Amazing organization. Great people. They were so fun to talk to. And that's kind of, that's how we found you. Um, So, you know, everybody, when they're going through this, it's, it's different for everybody, the healing process. But can you talk a little bit about, I mean, what you do with that trauma, how you started healing? You know, you seem very, you know... Well, adjusted. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you seem very cool today. So like, can you talk it's been a little a process? About- <laughs> it's <been> a process. <laughs> um,
2: so a yeah, it'll be down. almost three years. Uh, but, you know, after I found out, I was the first month, I was totally lost. Not I don't even know how I made it through that first month. But I during that month, I was just Googling like, your dad isn't your dad. What is this? Like, cause you don't know the name for it. Um, and then I found the term NPE, not parent expected or um, non-paternal event. Some people use MPE, but I generally use N, uh, mis- misattributed parentage experiences, MPE. So I, I found the terms and then, you know, you go to Facebook cause you're like, I don't know anybody that this has ever happened to before. So I connected um, with Aaron and, and everybody who runs Hyrith and, There's both an NPE group and an adoptee group. So I picked the NPE group, of course. Um, And I started going on Zooms. Uh, We do at least two Zooms a week, unless there's barring circumstances. But I just started going on. And the first couple sessions, I just basically cried the entire time. But you're you're talking to people that understand. You don't get the comments of, well, this doesn't really change anything. Or Mm -hmm. this can't be that bad. Or... Oh, you get new family. That must be like just a really positive experience. I mean, sometimes people end up with positive experiences, but in my case, it was not the case. Mm-hmm. So, finding the group of people was invaluable. And then I originally, then I eventually went to an in-person retreat because I had never met these people, and I talked to them every single day, at least twice a week on on the zooms. But you know, we're messaging in the groups. I, I have chats with some people going and. It was so nice to actually just be in a room of people who got it and then actually having the chance to have therapeutic sessions with people. Um, I've been in therapy several times, but it's not always the great fit. Like -hmm. this last therapist I ended up leaving, we'd had a pretty good relationship. It had been almost a year of therapy. There were a couple things she didn't understand about the NPE experience, but I knew I had to end it when... I don't know how it came up, but some somehow adoption came up in the conversation. I wasn't talking about me, but it it came up somehow. And she she looked at me and said, adoption isn't drama. I was like, "Wow!" if you don't understand that part, which I feel like is more well known sometimes than the MPE experience, if you don't understand that that's hard for some people, you're not going to understand really what's happening within me. So. That was hard, but then at retreat, I don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, these people are are screened and trained, and a lot of them are NPEs or adoptees or LDAs. They're they're in our group, mm-hmm. so I I look forward to the retreats. Uh, they're better than my therapy. I <laughs> I've tried it. I know it works for some people, but sometimes yeah. the things that come out of therapists' mouths
1: are just not
2: they're not helpful and they're not correct. And they just sometimes do more damage. Right. Right.
1: And I mean, and with the amount of people, you know, 40 million people have done DNA tests now. So with the amount of these surprises coming out, people in, you know, a therapist to be need to be focusing on this too, because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a traumatic experience for, for everybody that's been through it and, you know, not just, um, the NPEs, but, you know, you know, I'm sure your husband's had, to, you know, has, has had some trauma related to this too, because it's just, you know, how could he not, you know, cause you're, you're experiencing it. And, you know, so he's experiencing it as well. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, thank goodness. There's, there are organizations out there like Hyreth. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, this is not a situation that's going to shrink. It's going to, it's, it's growing, you know, mm-hmm. daily.
2: Yeah. I help um, admin, the mpe group and so i take care of some of the new ads so i see people as they come in we we get people sometimes on the first day that they find out wow. and they they have found us and that's amazing because sometimes people don't know where to look or aren't ready to look and they come much later and it's great whenever people come in but to start at the beginning when you're the most out of your body
1: yeah
2: <laughs> is helpful especially when you're doing it with other people. So you're not feeling, you don't get to quite of a dark place. I mean, it's still dark, but right. when other people are with you, it's easier to come out of that.
1: So I'm really trying to get Kendall to go to one of these retreats. <laughs> and, and I want to, it's yes. just, yeah. and You know, figuring out the logistics and everything. But um, what is your, as someone who's, who's been to one, uh, what's your elevator pitch to convince him <laughs> You do he don't, needs to go? <laughs> no, you don't need to do that. I, I get it. The what logistics
2: she... is hard. I totally understand that because I I do have a five year old and so yeah. I'm a stay at home mom and a homeschool mom. So I, when I am not here, that's a big deal. Sure. So Uh, but I make I've gone to at least four retreats now. So for me, who never leaves this mm-hmm. bubble, to leave means it it's everything to me. Mm. So if you can figure out logistics, I really recommend it.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I. By the way, listeners, we are not, you know, being paid by high (laughs) red to, you know. But no, (laughs) I I mean, I really, I I agree with Corey wholeheartedly, both of you, that it its value seems immeasurable because um, I, you know, on the whole, have had a really good experience finding my biological family, but I definitely harbor, you know, some (laughs) because of my birth mother's in my situation, I have some resentment and, um, only now, you know, I want, if she's listening to this, I think by this point, she should know that I have no resentment associated with, you know, 1970 when she had to mm-hmm. give me up. It has nothing to do with that. I had a great life with my adoptive family and it's nothing to do with that. It's the way that I feel that she's treated me in the last five years
2: the after. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Like there's in my, in my opinion there's no excuse for it none
1: yeah and I mean Kendall is a very smart well-rounded person and like he said it's it's been a mostly good experience you know for us but the trauma's still there it's still real oh yeah and so it's like you know you think about people who haven't had the good stuff to go with the bad stuff it's like oh wow mm-hmm. you know and that's just it's, it's been really eye-opening you know we've been doing this podcast for almost a year now and it's just you know it's continually surprising I mean you know, my jaws dropped several times during just talking to you, Kylie. just some mm-hmm. of the things that you've revealed, because it's just like, Oh man, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we can, re- we can relate and, and sympathize and empathize. And it's, you know, but yeah, the trauma is very real, you know, for folks.
0: Yeah. And what do you do with that? Right. That's, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what Hyroth and, you know, those journeys can, can help with. Um, you know i don't want to feel the way i feel about you know uh toward my birth mother but um and maybe that's why you know part of the reason that we started this podcast is you know she might never hear it but if she did that would be beautiful i think because i want her to understand that you know i don't need anything from her i just wanted to say hello by the way you know i'm your kid that's it. <laughs> that's all I need. <laughs> right. right.
2: In my last email, I ex—I ax- actually emailed him maybe four weeks ago, my biological father. And it was something, we do a book club um, with Hyreth. And one of the things that we were reading in the book hit me so hard. She was talking about her biological father's eyes, the color mm-hmm. of them. I couldn't remember his eyes. And I, I, I tried everything, you know, photos and everything. So grainy. I tried thinking of like the two hours I had with him. I tried everything and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to email him. I really don't want to. Mm -hmm. And in the email I slid in there, you know, I, most days I'm fine. Um, I've done a lot of things to get through this. Heck, I've even done a podcast. So in my mind, I'm like, just Google the thing, just Google Mm -hmm. it and listen, because you're not getting it up to this point. And maybe if it's just, not a back and forth and you're just listening it maybe you'll just get it in your head maybe like one percent of what's been happening Mm -hmm. maybe
1: yeah and you know who knows maybe 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 that'll be the light bulb you know that oh wow you know i mean that's certainly what we hope for with kendall's birth mother you know i mean we know that she's aware of the podcast i don't know if she's listened or not you know but you know if she does it's like okay well here are all these people who are you know have had these experiences and most of the episodes have been like people you know positive experiences for folks because yeah. i think it's harder for people to talk about uh the negative experiences so thank you for doing that mm-hmm. um but yeah we're just you know we're hopeful mm-hmm. that what, what is it going to be what's that aha moment going to be you know yeah before it's too late you know
0: right i don't have it now but Um, For the first six months after I discovered my biological family, I had this recurring nightmare that my biological mother and I have never spoken and something happened to one of us, you know, where, you know, that's just such a horrible, morbid thought, but it's like, you know, I'd hate for her to pass away or for me to pass away and neither of us have ever spoken to the other. It just seems bizarre. And surreal. That's
2: why I was so, <laughs> I wanted to get on board with talking with everybody as soon as possible because I know that there's, you know, I, my some of my family members have died relatively younger and, you know, just living with that of there might, you don't know how much time you have. I wanted to make every effort on my end, at least of, you know, I tried, it won't be my fault if right. he dies and he's still a jerk. Like, yep, I've, I've tried it all.
1: Where are you now with what you're going to eventually tell your daughter about? The lineage.
2: That is going to be interesting. We've had, so she's five. So we're slowly, sometimes she'll ask questions, but we haven't had a full on discussion because I don't think age appropriate she's there yet. Mm-hmm. But um, she has asked questions. So she's very curly hair. And one of her questions was, mommy, you don't have curly hair. Where, where's the curly hair come from? And so, you know, I've used that as an opening. Oh, your, your daddy, my husband, that's where you get that from. Sometimes their parents, we have different things that pass on and she'll mention, you know, she's gotten the concept of, uh, her grandparents on my husband's side. Those are his parents and my parents are that. And I've, I've tried to mention, you know, I have two dads. I've, I've used different languages. You know, I'm not sure that she totally understands it, but when we get, into more of the, especially with homeschooling, when we get into more of the, like, social studies, build your family tree, what's your ethnicity, I think that's going to be a way for me to do it in a way that she might understand. Um, Because I do want her, I don't want her to think that uh, the dad who raised me isn't important. I want her to know that, like, he is my dad, but there is another especially with health history, there is another layer that you do need to know. Uh, We can't just explain that away. I mean, I don't foresee him, my biological father ever having a relationship with her ever, unless he has a major (laughs) aha moment. Um, But even if they never speak, I do want her to be aware of him. It's just a matter of, this is so complicated. And without him being there, how do I explain who he is in relation to me in relation to her?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. But to your point, I think it's, it's helpful and useful for her to know about him as she gets older. Right. Like as she, you know, um, just from, even from the, just the health perspective, you know, it's um, I've learned some things that, you know, I'm already addressing, you know, just because, um i never knew that i should be watching for skin cancer just like that's an example and yeah. it's rampant in my father's family and now i'm see like i'll see the tiniest spot and it makes me that much more hyper aware you know of oh okay i have to watch this and be certain that it's you know because
2: absolutely i
0: didn't protect my skin when i was younger and i should have and you know maybe that's going to haunt me now <laughs> so like but there's there are important things you know that people need to be aware of.
2: And it goes both ways, right? Things that you should be looking out for. And then maybe other things that used to be in your, um, you know, your health history, but aren't. So I, I was always very concerned with breast cancer because my, uh, my grandmother, so my dad who raised me, his mom died of breast cancer, but that's not, I'm not really at high risk because nobody on my paternal side and nobody on my maternal side has that. So I could have been, could have been doing all these extra tests and screenings and, you know, a lot of time worried about something that's not necessarily a higher risk for me. Right.
0: Yeah, that worry. I mean, that alone is, you know, that that has a lot of magnitude, I think. Uh, Wow.
1: So before this discovery, you know, you mentioned that you were were the family genealogist. Has this experience changed your opinion about genealogy or are you still very avid?
2: I love it. It's still... If anything, it's accelerated it even more because like I said, I had this massive tree. And then surprise, half of it's not actually... I mean, it it's it relates to me because my dad is still important to me and my sister, is, like the information applies to her, but I had to build a whole new tree. So I, I've become probably even more obsessive than before
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> with that. But also, I just really... Fully more fully appreciate genealogy and DNA results because I I know like the truth that it can bring people you know the health history um, knowing where I came from having a new culture so I was supposed to be Irish like very Irish that's why they picked my um, first name Colleen mm-hmm. um, but I'm actually uh, Rusin. it's not Russian but it's from by like Poland, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. It's this area that's never been their own country, but it's Eastern European. Mm-hmm. So that never really used to be, my mom was Polish before, but I didn't know that I'm very, very, very German, like insanely German mm. and and Rusin. So without the DNA, I would have just been going on thinking, oh yeah, I'm really Irish and let's go celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And now I avoid St. Patrick's Day <laughs> like the plague. We did fish tacos last night for St. Patrick's Day. We, we just avoid it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> wow. Well, and, and how exciting to learn something, you know, it, because um, when I saw uh, the your reference to Rusum before, I looked it up and I'm like, for me, that was a little known ethnic, you know, group. and
2: I knew nothing yeah. about it. And, it was this big surprise.
0: Yeah, and how, I, I don't know, it's quite unique, you know, to be part of that. And so it is, Yeah, it's wonderful.
2: I, um, how I found out about it, because I mean, even on the ancestry breakdown, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do that. It, it does German and, um, Poland and all this. So I had been on find a grave and my, some of my grandparents and great grandparents on my paternal side, I left flowers for them. And mm. somebody who, who operated the memorial was like, I saw that you left flowers who are you in relation to this person? And so I kind of gave a short spiel. He's a distant cousin. Oh, um, wow. was super nice about it. He's like, you're not Polish. You're <laughs> Rusin. I can give you all these pictures. And he connected me to all these Facebook groups that I didn't even know were a thing because I didn't know the terms. Right. So he opened up like this like whole new world for me. And uh, I find that the more distant cousins are more helpful because they're not like, right on top of you in the thick of like, especially if there are affairs, like it's just people don't want to get involved with that. So Mm -hmm. he was awesome. (laughs) I think we're like third or fourth cousins once removed. We're not close,
1: but it's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, there's definitely some positivity that has come out of this.
2: There is, just not with the biological father and the siblings have siblings. (laughs)
1: Right, right. And that might
0: change, you know, as everyone gets older, they might, you know, realize the, what they're missing. That's my hope for everybody.
2: Yeah. I'm hoping that that's what happens. Um, but even if it doesn't, I at least want to be aware of like, if somebody, if he were to die, right. Nobody's going to probably tell me about, (laughs) about Mm -hmm. the funeral. So I'm Googling like every other day, you know obituaries has anybody died that i don't know about yet like yeah wow. and that's weird yeah. because you feel like your your dad or at least biologically you feel like you should know when that happens but yeah that's just how i have to do it
1: yep yeah wow
0: and i i know i'll know when my biological mother dies but i don't know that anybody would make convince me that i'd be welcome to be there you know what i'm saying like i and i don't know that yeah. i would feel comfortable at this moment being there um for any kind of service so you know that is weird in itself too like it just feels like something that should be so that is so natural to other people (laughs) you know that it's just gonna be unique it shouldn't be this
2: hard no it really shouldn't
0: exactly like you and i didn't do any we had no control over you know how we were made it's just um it's bizarre to me that I think that I was, no, I know I was completely delusional about that. Like, I never dreamt that this is where I'd be in my journey five years in. Never in a hundred years did I think that I'd be part of a family that wanted to be so secretive about, you know, something that happened almost 53 years ago. You know what I mean? It's like, when when is it okay yeah. to talk about?
1: <laughs> but, oh, well. Well, we will, you know, continue to send out the positive vibes that, you know, for you and for, for the others out there that, <laughs> you. you know, that, that, you know, something turns something, you know, that there's, you know, some, a rainbow at the end of the well, we won't say the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, since you're not uh, Irish. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: there we go. Yes. <laughs> Corey's Irish. <laughs> right? I do, I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I thought I was, uh, I thought I was completely German and come to find out that very little German and, and actually more Irish than than Kendall is. I know. So.
0: Which is yeah, which is why I'm my p-
2: daughter is actually Irish. So my my husband and my daughter Irish turns out I'm the one that's just not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you have the name. There you go. Right, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, the name the last name's funny because it's um it's been changed a little bit my married name, but it it's very very German. So actually my married last name suits me better than my maiden right. name would have. So all I had to do was get married to somebody <laughs> who was supposed to be really German. I'm more German than he is. So it all worked out.
1: Right. It's who bizarre, else? isn't it? it yeah. Is, yeah. It's very funny how these things <laughs>
0: turn out. Yeah.
1: Well, Colleen, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's, you know, it's going to be helpful for those out there who are, you know, super early in their journey or not, you know, who are, are still dealing with the trauma, you know, I think, and as you know, just, you know, talking to people who have had similar experiences, you know, is healing. So thank you. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much. Having just a platform to talk about it with people who understand and, and don't, you know, give you those platitudes is helpful in in of itself. So mm-hmm. I'm just uh, happy I was able to speak with you guys and I'm excited to hear about people's thoughts, listening to it.
1: Family Twist features original music from Cosmic Afterthoughts and is presented by Savoir Fair Marketing Communications.